1: God, thank you for this radio show, and please help it go well in your name. Amen.
0: Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm your host, Scott Ritzema. With me is... Levi. Levi Ritzema and his father, hosting 11th Hour Dispatch today. And I say hosting because I will have my son with me in studio for the entirety of this first segment. The reason I thought to do this is because of some of the news we're going to be getting into in the second segment about the craziness and insanity of our world when it comes to issues relating to gender and the identity and roles that God has placed within his image bearers, male and female. And my son and I had a pretty special day today here in Texas. We took a family day. And there was a portion of that day where it was daddy and son time. And we decided to do some rough, tough boy stuff. What, what did we get to do today, Levi?
1: We climbed a rock and went across water on a wood for our bridge. And then um I got scraped on a tummy And that's what being a boy is. So um, that's what being a boy is. So that's what you learn from that.
0: So you had some fears about these adventures that we went on in the state park here. when When we came to that rushing river and that really skinny log, I don't know if you can even call it a log. It was more like a glorified stick. And Dad sort of balanced and was pretty uneasy himself. And then what did you say you wanted to do?
1: I wanted to climb across all by myself. But that's what we didn't do when we had to cross the water the first time. Dad pulled me on the bank, but I wanted to go by myself.
0: Now, you had to get yourself halfway across in order for me to grab you with my hand, to grab your hand with my hand. And so how would you get across on that on that log, that stick log, and how did you feel about it when you were first getting onto it?
1: I didn't. I didn't feel good because it was kind of sloped down when I slid on. And this is how I got across. When I said I like to go across by myself, I said um, I sat on it and pushed me, pushed my. This is how I moved. Across. I pushed myself with my with my fingers, or my hands and my arms, and I got across like that.
0: And you were kind of scared at first, weren't you? Yeah. And you got part of the way out there, and you didn't want to move anymore, did you? And you kind of felt stuck right there over the middle of the river. What do you think would have happened if you would have just not moved anymore?
1: I would just... Live there for my for the rest of my life,
0: <laughs> that wouldn't be good, would it? so no. you you eventually got up the courage to come across, Daddy grabbed you by the hand, and you made it across the river, which I was so proud of you and pleased that you had the perseverance to go forth and go forward. And it was something that you could have just been fearful of and said, You know, I don't really want to go across' Dad can just go and then come back and we'll just go on with our day, but you really allowed the challenge to come your way and to move forward and develop a, a strength and a courage that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So after you got across the river, there was some pretty fun stuff on the other side of the river that we didn't get to do on a, the side where our campsite was. And this is more of a more of a creek, but anyway, it was it was rushing and and quite intimidating, pretty high high up there with that little bridge that we made with that stick that log that was there so when we got over to the other side you mentioned something about climbing a rock now was it just one rock or what how how did that go once we made our climb together
1: it was kind of like a mountainy y canyon thing we're in the um the te- te- um the canyon of texas right now so we climbed part of that canyon
0: yeah that's exactly right. We climbed part of that canyon, so the the difficult part was it was really steep at times, and it's like nothing you've ever climbed before being a Michigan boy without any mountains like this in Michigan, and it was kind of a new experience for you. Were there times where you got pretty scared as you were climbing up that yeah, and what happened at one point?
1: I slipped somewhere. I don't remember um I slipped somewhere.
0: Yes, and your feet went down, and you hung on with your hands, and Dad was behind you, and I stopped you from falling. And when you slipped, what happened?
1: I scraped my tummy.
0: And that was kind of a, yep, I see your injury right there. And that was a moment where you could have said, I don't want to do this anymore. This is hard. I'm getting injuries, and it's scary. But did we give up?
1: No, because because then I'll just have to live there like on the bridge.
0: Right. We weren't going to just stay halfway up the mountain, right? But we could have gone back down. Why did we keep going up?
1: Because we wanted to go there.
0: Yeah, we really wanted to make it to the top, didn't we? And get that sense of accomplishment and feel like we had done something hard. So we got up to the top. And how did we feel when we got up to the top of that mountain? Good. Yeah, why do you think we felt good?
1: Because Jesus helped us.
0: Yes, exactly. And we got to see a beautiful view. What else did we see from a long, 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 long ways away?
1: Mom and Silas.
0: Yeah. So we, dad and son, did some pretty difficult, tough boy stuff. And girls can do this kind of thing too. But I think God specially, especially gave us boys a desire for adventure and being strong and developing courage and we can, we can protect and, and comfort and, and yeah. provide for people and, and the innocent and the, yeah. the vulnerable and weak in society. And that's what God made men and boys for. And especially, He made us to have the kind of spiritual courage to go forth and bless others, even if we get no benefit ourselves, right? Yeah. Now, now I, I want to, I want to talk about it on our way back a special song came to mind. Do you remember what song that was? As we were coming back, going down the mountain, which was really, really hard, and then we got to the river where we had to cross back over. Tell me about that, that song that came to mind.
1: Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who... With you, he will not leave you, Lord, nor forsake you.
0: And how do you think that song helped us as you were trying to go down the bank? And how was the bank different coming back than than the the bank on the first time when we were going to cross? The first time, how was it different coming back?
1: There was kind of like a slope going down to the bridge, and I really didn't want to go there, but I did it. Because I'm
0: a homeschool boy. (laughs) Because you're a homeschool boy. Wow, I didn't expect that one. This is, by the way, completely unscripted, teleprompter-free radio. Dad and son, 11th Hour Dispatch, retelling the lessons from this day. And listener, this applies to us of all ages. What you can learn from a child's experience in facing difficult situations, and developing courage, many of us need to relearn those lessons, maybe that we didn't even get in... Childhood. Maybe we were raised basically by the media and the screens, or, you know, sitting in desks in conventional schooling with very little real experience. And then you could sometimes transition into the work world that has such an artificiality to it. And when Levi mentioned, I'm a homeschool boy, you know, we guess, I guess we have the privilege and the blessing as a family to be able to be on the road together and to have some unique experiences where we're learning to problem solve and be helper, helpful and find people to bless and live a Adventurous missionary life, but you know what, Levi? We we discovered a few analogies uh, and examples when you were climbing up the mountain and you slipped. What was your foot on when it slipped? What 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 did your foot slip through?
1: I I was standing on a not stable rock, um, and I slipped on it, and it it since I. I'm so heavy, it made me go, and it made me slip down. But then we kept climbing up.
0: So what would you look for for your feet to stand on so that you don't fall?
1: A stable rock like Jesus.
0: Yes, you stole my thunder. I like that you said a stable rock like Jesus because that's what we learned, didn't we? When we were on that mountain, we learned we have got to have a sure foundation for our feet because there are so many shifting, false rocks, if you will, that people try to stand on in this world, whether it's their own accomplishments and their own wisdom and their own understanding of truth. No, we must go to the Word of God and the only true rock, and that is Jesus. He's the only one that will not let our foot slip.
1: Jesus is the hard, 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 hardest rock.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, what did we do, buddy, when we got to the other side of the river and we had gone across the river, we had gone up the mountain, down the mountain, and then back across. What did we decide to do as a memorial and a souvenir from our boys, dad, and son adventure of facing challenges and developing courage? How are we going to remember this important day in your life at age four and a half where we're doing some tougher things, and doing things that we maybe would have been scared of before, but we're learning to overcome our fears with the courage that Jesus gives, just like the song said. So what did we do to remember our our journey together?
1: Dad took off his shoes and socks and rolled up his pants and stepped in the water and got two rocks, and that was our memorial to remember this day.
0: And where did we get that idea from? Is there a Bible story about something like that?
1: Yeah, it's the priests stepping in the Jordan River, and then there was, uh, there was, there became, when they stepped in the river, in the river, there became, uh, dry dry land across the river. That's where we got it. And they took stones and built an, an altar and made it to the Lord.
0: Yes, and that was what the Israelites did when they crossed the Jordan River on the way to Canaan. And you know what? Listener and my son Levi, we right now are on the shores, on the banks, on the borders of the heavenly Canaan. Very soon Jesus will come and take us to be with him and take us to the heavenly paradise and promised land.
1: On the banks of old Jordan, here gazing I stand. Earnestly longing, I stretch forth my hand. Send a convoy of angels, dear Jesus I pray. Let me join that sweet music, come take me away.
0: What a beautiful song, why don't we sing it together? What heavenly music steals over the sea Entrancing the senses like sweet melody That's a song that has us anticipating the coming of Jesus.
1: To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com or write to us at 11333 Bacchus Road, Lakeview, Michigan,
0: 48850. The ancient Israelites reached the absolute pit of depravity in the Old Testament when they entered into idolatry and literally sacrificed their children to Molech. But aren't we doing the same today? When 50 million babies are killed in abortion procedures in the last 40 years, when we hand over our children to the media and the secular humanist schools to raise our children, we're outsourcing our parenting right into the hands of the enemy of souls. Any parents with children in the home need to know this. Write down the DVD title and share it with them right away. It's called How to Raise the Remnant. Now, more than ever, parents are in desperate need of solid biblical counsel to guide us back to God's plan for raising godly children in these last days. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior precious redeemer
1: and friend who would have thought
0: that a lamb could rescue the souls of men oh you rescue the souls of men and we're back it's time to get into the news and we have one segment remaining to hit some of the headlines and important topics that relate somewhat to what you heard in the first segment. We'll see why as we get into some of the gender-related news. But first, how about something encouraging? Running gives your brain a workout, say scientists, according to the UK Telegraph. Running is not only good for your body, but also boosts your brain power, according to a new study. Researchers found that aerobic exercise increases the neuron reserves in the hippocampus area of the brain responsible for learning. And importantly, exercise such as running boosted these reserves far more than what's what's called HIT, high-intensity training, sometimes referred to as the high-intensity interval training, resistance training also is producing less of this activity neurologically within the hippocampal areas of the brain. The study published in the Journal of Physiology, London, was carried out by the Department of Psychology and the Department of Biology of Physical Activity at the university in Finland. So what did you just hear? Running, going for a jog, improves the areas of the brain that relate to learning. Now, if you think about this from an educational standpoint with our children and youth, now you understand why it's important for them to have physical education, to have physical exercise and labor, to have times of break and being in the outdoors. But also for us adults, those of us as we get older, sometimes the memory starts to fade at the same time as our physical activity is starting to fade. I don't think that's a coincidence. So each one of these types of exercise can offer its own unique benefits when you just go for walks. That has its own brand of benefits to the mind and body. So just going for walks consistently every day. But going for jogs, going for a run, improves memory, improves the hippocampal neurons... And then also this high-intensity interval training, if you're really in for a rush, uh, more like if you're really in for uh, uh, being a glutton for punishment, try this out. It's a uh, basically go 90 seconds of, I'm sorry, 30 seconds of super intense, as hard as you can, workout. Whether that's a sprint or exercise bike or whatever, it's the longest 30 seconds of your life because you're pushing yourself 110% and by the end of it, you're you're just wiped out. And then you basically do nothing for ninety seconds, you just just walk, just um, you know twirl those legs around the exercise bike. So thirty seconds of super intense, one hundred and ten percent, as fast as you can go, ninety percent break, and then you repeat that same thing. Uh, the first couple of times you do it, you only want to do this a couple of times. But and by the way, consult your physician. This is not medical advice, of course. Be safe. But by the time you've gotten yourself into this, after a few weeks of of ramping this up, you can do eight of those. 30 seconds intense, 90 seconds break, and then really you get a whole hour's worth of jogging or several hours of, of worth of walking out of the way with this method, and you can get workouts done really, really quickly. I don't do this. This is not for the faint of heart. I had a period in my life where I was into that, and now I prefer Walks and going out with a family in nature and so on and working with my hands. But that high-intensity interval training does increase what's called human growth hormone, which is a a hugely important area, or not area, but rather a a hormone within the body that regulates aging and, and slows aging and actually brings more vitality into your everyday life. So try them all out. Just here's the best kind of exercise, the kind that you will do. That's the absolute best kind of exercise for everybody, the kind that you'll actually carry out. Now, I found this story to be interesting as well before we get into the sort of, uh, I guess, the insane news of the day. And this one was out of the UK Guardian. It says, horses can recognize human emotion, a new study shows. Psychologists have shown for the first time that horses are able to distinguish between positive and negative human facial expressions. And why mention that on 11th Hour Dispatch? Well, sometimes I like to not only bring in the news on health, the news on the emerging global crisis and those things relating to religious liberty, but also just anything that relates to the Bible. And I find in the Bible that God created animals and he created them with with a unique mentality toward them that we don't often share we sometimes just view animals as you know such lesser beings that they're really not worthy of much of our concern and attention and we have the factory farming industry that mistreats the cows and the chickens in these horrible torturous settings and we don't bat an eyelash and we just kind of go to mcdonald's and pick up our mcchicken or our big mac but really if you come face to face with with animals and look into their eyes, you see they, they're they not a soul, they're not saved, you know, this isn't spiritualism. We are more valuable than many sparrows, as Jesus said, but God also cares about those animals. In the Old Testament law, there were regulations for making sure to guard the relationship between the mother animal and their child where you were not to boil the the, the the baby goat in its mother's milk. That would be just cruel, right? And there were other protections of animals. How about right in the Sabbath commandment? You are to give your ox and your donkey the seventh day of the week off of work. And that's a hugely important neglected commandment in general, the Sabbath truth. Just Google the word Sabbath and it'll take you to the best website on the on the entire internet. I think it's the top link right after Wikipedia. And it's called sabbathtruth.com. But God wants us not only to have a rest and to obey his law. And by the way, this Sabbath-related issue, the fourth commandment, the ten commandments, plays a key role in the book of Revelation in the last days. So absolutely study that website, sabbathtruth.com. And you'll encounter some information about the Sabbath also on the Bible Prophecy website that I'm always pointing you toward. And that is BibleProphecyTruth.com. But back to the thing about the animals here. God has a special concern and care for them when they get the seventh day off. When the mother and the child animal have their relationship protected so that you don't engage in cruel inhumane things. But then also, do you remember the story of Jonah? This one really struck me as I was doing my Bible study one day. I always think about the the citizens and the people of Nineveh as being the ones that God was concerned about. And indeed, they were his primary concern. But when he talks to Jonah about why Jonah should go to Nineveh to preach repentance to these people, that that their city is going to be destroyed if they don't turn to God and turn away from their evil. God says, there are, the X number of people in that city who don't know their right hand from their left and many cattle. God says, I don't want to have to destroy all of these animals. Pretty interesting. Jesus says, not even a sparrow falls to the ground without his heavenly father having a concern for that. But now on to the news that relates to freedom of speech and gender in our time Gateway Pundit reports President Obama gave a speech at a mosque in the Islamic Society of Baltimore on Wednesday this would be last week Wednesday while standing in front of a glass wall with the word Allah written 99 times in Arabic calligraphy now interestingly the article points out that in 2012 the White House officials told Georgetown University a Catholic school where the president was speaking to cover up every Christian religious sign symbol and word but But when the mosque shows up now on television, Allah is written everywhere. And in the speech, the president stated mere tolerance for different religions is not enough. I found this to be a key phrase in the history of postmodern relativism that we find ourselves in right now. Tolerance is not enough, which we would all want tolerance. We want freedom and uh, freedom of conscience, the First Amendment. But what he's saying here is we have to build bridges one religion to another and unite. Those are his words. We need to build bridges rather than divide. Kind of sounds like the present Pope, right? You're seeing a theme here in the world, in the last days. Anybody who's anybody in the positions of power in the world are making the same clarion call for the ecumenical movement and the joining of all religions. Fox News reports, The name of Jesus, however, is not welcome in the Johnson Space Center newsletter, according to a complaint filed on behalf of a group of Christians who work for NASA. It goes on and says they've got this Christian club within, which you're allowed to have, of course. Within federal agencies, you can have private groups that meet together and they've said no more mention of Jesus allowed. So there is a suppressing of freedom of religion, which will again cause a backlash. I've talked about that many times. There are so many more things going on, but I wanted to get into this gender thing because the primary reason I brought my son on for the first segment was just so that we can dwell upon the theme of overcoming The challenges that come our way and growing in our strength and fortitude and trust in Jesus to hear it from a small child just kind of gives it a fresh uh, take into the mind. That's what I appreciate about the children. But also the idea that we were doing dad and son boy stuff. That's a politically correct thing, incorrect thing to say these days. You're not supposed to say anything relating to gender, especially identifying certain things as more tailored toward boys and others more tailored toward girls. No, you can't do that. It might be offensive to one someone who doesn't identify as one or another. GOP USA reports, teen students in the United Kingdom given 25 gender options. The United Kingdom is giving schoolchildren a, di- a diverse array of 25 options when it comes to identifying themselves on a government-sponsored gender survey, which includes trigender, genderqueer, in the middle of boy or girl. The survey given to 13 to 18-year-olds was produced by the government-sponsored Commissioner of England, Children's Commissioner. It is described by many as bizarre and misleading at best. I would tend to agree with that. Teens were prompted to check as many boxes as they wanted, and that could include demiboy, agender, and so on. CBC Renews reports something equally insane or maybe even more schools should erase this is Canadian Broadcasting Company erase old divides that force students into male and female roles according to new guidelines released Wednesday by the Alberta government now I don't know of anybody forcing anybody into it you have a, you have a cultural reality that observes differences physiologically throughout human history no coercion being employed there but they're saying it's forcing gender roles on people by merely identifying male and female. The guide goes through and says Alberta schools in a 21-page document are going to change the way they do things. The guideline advises teachers to address each student by whatever pronoun the student prefers. All individuals have the right to be addressed by their chosen pronoun or based upon their gender identity and gendered expression. And this could include... The pronouns such as z, zir, here they or them reminds me of legion. For we are many. This is a demon possessed culture, if you will, that is just going totally crazy and casting aside all forms of basic reality that have been part of the human experience in all societies and all religions. It says you can they can choose M X instead of Mister or Mrs. or Miss legal names are still to be used. It goes on and gives a whole bunch of other recommendations like in addition, schools are advised to provide at least one non-gendered washroom, regardless if, uh, to uh, for those who want to have a gender neutral restroom. And then here was the real shocker in this. The same thing happened in Chicago. I reported on it before. Basically if there's a boy identifying as a girl, well, he's welcome in the female changing room and anybody who objects to that, they can go find a private place to change and you have now this mixed changing room insanity. So yes, we live in the midst of gender, insanity and madness and craziness. Let's try to get back to some form of biblical sense on this and you do that by focusing on Jesus Christ and the truths of his word. It's the antidote to all of this. God made them male and female. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final
1: minute message.
0: I wanted to know how they do hypnotism today. You remember in the olden days, they'd swing a watch in front of your eyes, right? They don't do it that way anymore. According to the use of light and sound technology with hypnosis, according to Dr. Stephen Freitag, today, light and sound do the work for deep relaxation in a fraction of time of traditional methods by using specific frequencies of audio and visual input. We use a frequency of light to get somebody under a hypnotic trance. Satan will use hypnotism near the close of probation. I know a lot of people that are being induced into an altered state of consciousness by a flashing frequency of light. And what is that blue glow in the living room of the homes of America? This flashing screen. What is that? That is the television.
1: Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.